I've been looking forward to this morning's message for a long time. I've wanted to start this series many times. And uh, I'm excited about it because we've been discovering what it means to rest in Christ for the last, I've been here, 12 years. So that's been a key foundation truth of what it means to rest in Christ. It's time to move on from the child level of faith to the young man, young adult level of faith. I call it the rest of grace. Pun on the word rest. But the rest. There's more than just identity. And some people just need to eat and soak in identity because their, their history, their mindset, their religious background, it has so much unlearned to do. It's okay to stay in that bubble for a time. But when the Holy Spirit says, I'm now moving you into more because I want to do things in and through you, that's what this series is about. Has God ever put a dream in your heart? Have you ever had a dream to do stuff? Do you have any visions for uh, starting your own business or being an actor or being a policeman, a fireman, and, and all those things, and a rocket scientist? Oh, we have one. Uh, you know, all those things. Okay. <laughs> like we, th there are dreams we have, things we want to do, become. Um, business entrepreneurs are dreaming people. They envision an idea, and if they're good, they know how to get there through multiple steps. Like, dreaming is a big deal. But, if you want to witness the lifestyles of most people, it's the same thing day in, day out. So there's a feeling that there's no purpose in life. You wake up, you have breakfast, you go to work or school, you come home, do your routines, go to bed, or watch hockey first, and then we'll go to bed. Actually, no more hockey. Hockey's sad time. Anyway, um, it's... <laughs> what? Baseball just started. We're good. So, your routine. Oh, yeah, and on Saturdays, you might do some shopping, sleeping in, mow the lawn, do all that stuff, and then Sunday, perhaps go to church. And we call this thing we do every week life. There's got to be more to life. Now, hear me carefully. The doing of those things are not bad. They may feel mundane. But I want to share with you how to discover purpose and vision of what God could be sharing with you using those things and even moving you from those things to something else depending on how he has planned your path. That's what I want to share with you. But deep down, we know that there's more to life. Let's watch this next clip. Thank you. 
missing then? What's the adventure? The adventure that is in us. There is adventure in us. In fact, we're wired to pursue the dreams that hit our minds. When something comes up, ooh, I want to try that. Ooh, I'll... and some personalities are a little bit more excessive that way. I don't know anybody like that. But take a look at some movies that we have seen. They resonate with the adventure in us. We have this, there's something about the movie that we resonate with. Big movies like Raiders of the Lost Ark, one of the top all-time adventure series that we know about. Lord of the Rings, another incredible action adventure. Star Wars, a lot of hopes and dreams. Pirates of the Caribbean, even just for the fun of it. Um, Harry Potter, Princess Bride hit the top lists. Phenomenal, because it has a great ending. Um, and lots of funny stuff in between. Braveheart, awesome movie. James Bond series, you know, the whole ups and downs of, of James Bond and his adventures and the good guy wins. Superhero movies like Superman, Batman, Captain America, the Avengers, and all those things talk about an adventure and a hero, and we resonate with that. We want to experience something of the adventure. We may not be able to experience the exact events, thank goodness, because it's fake. Um, but at least there is something about the waking up of your spirit. Drama movies are the same. The Godfather. <laughs> Everybody knows The Godfather. Great series. Schindler's List. Powerful movie. Shawshank Redemption. There's a story of hope in there. Um, Saving Private Ryan. The Hurt Locker. Forrest Gump. The King's Speech. If you've not seen it, you've got to see that. Phenomenal movie. Gandhi. Hotel Rwanda. Castaway. The Green Mile. These movies are movies that speak to hope. There are lessons to learn in them. There are values in them. And we cheer on the hero. And all these sports movies, baseball, football, there's a whole ton of them, you know, and they're good. But we cheer on the underdog. They're experiencing something that we want to. Would it surprise you if I told you that the hunger you may have in you for more originates with God? That there is a hunger in you no matter what your age there is something in you for experiencing more. Even if your story timeline does not change and the activities don't change, your experience of all of that can radically change, which could alter some of those patterns as well. God has put in you an affinity for this kind of drama because he wants you to want it for yourself. He creates the hunger and draws you into it. He knows the only way that hunger will be filled is through Him. And if you don't recognize it's Him, you could go running off and try to get those needs met somewhere else. It's sad that the reality of many Christians that they've settled that this is all there is. Many, many Christians have no idea that there's much more to life. And there's more to the monotony than God ever intended for us. He has much in store. I hope you know it's true. What if there is a way out of the rut of this, what we feel is mundane? What if there is a way? What if it were possible to end the cycle of monotonous mediocrity that most Christians seem to live and begin to experience life as a real adventure? What if you can get up every morning with a confident realization that the day before you invites you to an appointment with divine destiny. That God wants you to encounter him in the experience of the day. 
If you know this, perhaps your eyes will be open to it. And you'll look for it. But as the video clip shared, we become dull to so much. We become muted. We don't, we, it's like having a picture up on your wall in your house. First time it goes up, it's wonderful and it draws your attention. But after a year, pfft, what picture? You don't see it anymore. Lori redecorates our house every couple of weeks. It's like, this white, oh, come in at night, oh, that got moved, oh, you know, all the time. Because she, it has to be changed. It's, it's exciting. It's never dull. <laughs> Promise you. <laughs> but guess what? That's what this series is going to be about. Encouraging you to move on to the rest of grace. I want to challenge you to open your heart and ask the Holy Spirit to encourage you to dare to dream that there's more. What if it's true that everything in your life that has happened until now is not a waste? And it has been a preparation for what is about to happen. What if? What if it isn't a coincidence that you came to hear this today? You're not here by mistake. Don't kid yourself. What if God is about to bring a radical change in your perspective on life? Are you ready to say this? For the rest of my days, I want to fulfill the role God has written for me. I hunger to fulfill God's plan for my life and to realize the dreams he's placed into my heart. Jesus Christ said that he came to give us abundant life. Do you believe it? Well, the truth is, looking around at a lot of the lifestyles of many Christians, it don't look too abundant to me. It looks pretty boring. In fact, there's a lot of believers that look really sad, if not angry all the time. So I don't see real joy. Then you have the flip side of overjoy. Stay away from them too. So it's like, how do you figure that out? You know what I'm talking about. Take a look at this. John 10.10 10. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. That's God's purpose for you and I. To live an abundant life. Not, well, I'll take a half full cup. You know, do you, I've never seen anybody do that at Tim Hortons or Starbucks. Just, just half full. You know, I'll do the extra large, half full. What? Doesn't happen. I like it in the NLT. It says, my purpose is to give life in all its fullness. And I think the best translation yet is the message. I came so they can have real and eternal life. More and better life than they ever dreamed of. Now, you can dream, can't you? Remember, his dreams are bigger and better than yours. He has a plan. He has something in store. It just may be different than what we have imagined. Or we aren't imagining at all. And it's an easy sell to give just a slight increase. Our perspective matters. In this series, it's going to revolve around key verses. Isaiah 61. We've talked about these verses before. But today, we're going to start to zoom in on this set of verses. Let me read them for you. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, because the Lord has appointed me to bring good news to the poor. 
He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to announce that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come and with it the day of God's anger against their enemies. To all who mourn in Israel, he will give beauty for ashes, joy instead of mourning, Praise instead of despair, for the Lord has planted them like strong and graceful oaks for his own glory. They will rebuild the ancient ruins, repairing cities long, long ago destroyed. They will revive them, though they have been empty for many generations. Foreigners will be your servants. They will feed your flocks and plow your fields and tend your vineyards. You will be called priests of the Lord. Ministers of our God, you will be fed with the treasures of the nations and will boast in their riches. Instead of shame and dishonor, you will inherit a double portion of prosperity and everlasting joy. This is a good news passage. This is a very good news passage. I like that last sentence. It says, instead of shame and dishonor, I have a funny feeling the Christian church is paralyzed with shame. Dishonor, feeling like not, you've not measured up, you've failed, you've not honored somebody because of an expectation. But these things will cripple you from experiencing any kind of abundance. The purpose of this series will be to reach into your heart, not teach you, but to reach in. It's not really to train in theology or doctrine, but rather to inflame you with a desire to rise above your circumstances. And we know there are individuals here that are in tough circumstances. The circumstances, there's no promise that they will change. But there is promise. You can rise above them, especially with your attitude. This is for those who want to avoid living a sluggish and lethargic life. This is for those who wish to find meaning behind the things that may seem mundane, to discover new purpose and value in those things. This is for those who hunger to live life to the fullest. And the content is going to be much more than empty positive thinking that our TV personalities give. There's a lot of positive thinking models out there. Okay? That's not what this is going to be about. Will there be positive thinking truth? Yes, but it was true before they robbed us of that truth. Okay? Big difference. Also, the optimism and the foundation for thinking positively will be this. The unconditional love and grace of God and the promises of His Word. Those are the motivators. Not the words of positive thinking or positive words. You got to know the core and the reason I'm saying these things. I'm saying these on purpose. That's why I'm sticking to my notes. I don't want to misspeak how important this is. And by the time we're done, I hope you'll all have grown even more in your understanding of God's amazing love and grace. I hope you'll grow in your understanding of knowing who you are. And most of all, learn how to live out a grace-based life attitude. That's the core of this. It's going to take many weeks to get through because there's a lot of keys I'm going to cover. 
I'm going to be teaching about nine different keys under five set subjects, uh, five subject headings. It's going to be a lot to take in. We're not going to get through today, obviously. But the first ones are these. First, you're going to learn to realize and rest in your identity. That's what this first part is about. Learning to rest and realize your identity. Second, you can discover and develop your ability. And Jim, as I was going through this stuff, I realized, oh my goodness, this is about the spiritual gifts development. This will be a, a perfect connector as you guys are going through the study because the timing will fit just great for that. Phenomenal. Accept and appropriate good news. Some of us haven't accepted it. And some of us aren't appropriating the good news. And what is the good news? We'll cover that. Next, experience and express a grace-based outlook. Your perspective matters. How you see the world, how you see the future, how you see your current circumstances, and even your past. Key five, living a supernatural lifestyle. In that, there are five keys. Bring one, two, three, four, five, nine. There's a lot that's going to be covered. And I think this is what we're missing. And I hope this will be a tremendous encouragement for this church. Number one, realize and rest in your identity. We're talking about the rest of grace. We can be so busy doing things for God that we're doing it in our own power. We're not doing it from his power. He says, be strong in the Lord, not be strong in strength. Did you hear that? Be strong in the Lord, not in strength. Not to be strong in strength. But in our world, that makes sense. You've got to become self-sufficient. Be strong. You can overcome anything. You put your mind to it, you can do anything. What? Okay, I want to be a tree. Like, really? Like, it's so dumb to make such a blanket statement. You can do anything you put your mind to. Keep in mind, the intent is to encourage people to think beyond what they think they're capable of. That part's good, but find a better way to say it. Okay? Big difference. The truth is still there. There's more than they can do much. In fact, in Christ, we can do all things. Anything he puts in your mind to do, that he puts in your mind to do, if he gives you the dream to do it, it can be accomplished. Because he gave it to you. He's not going to give you a dream to fail. It's going to be interesting how we discern what those dreams are. Oh, I have a dream. Well, that's nice. How do we know if it's from the Lord or not? That one's going to be really fun to cover. We're not going to touch that one today. <laughs> how do we begin this? The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. This is where we begin. You and I have it even better than the Old Covenant text. It's not so much the Spirit of the Lord's upon me, which He is. He's in you. You are the righteousness of God. You have the full Spirit of God dwelling in you. You've got to get this through your head. We've covered this for many years here, so I'm not going to get too far into this, but this, this first part would be slight recap, just in case you've never heard this before. There are a few people who, who may not have. By understanding who you are in Christ, you will come to realize that a divine purpose awaits you. 
God does have ideas flowing in and through you. Do you believe that the sufficiency of Christ and the grace of God is enough for you to be all that he plans for you to be and do all that he plans for you to do? Resting in Christ is not passive. It can look passive. And unfortunately, if we've come from a really religious world, a performance-based acceptance, as soon as we hear grace, oh good, I don't have to do anything anymore. I don't have to serve anywhere. I don't have to give anything. And we become the exact opposite in our behavior of what we've been designed for. But really all we're doing is licking our wounds. And those wounds need to get healed so you can become, again, the functioning, participant person God has designed you to be. Functioning fully in the body of Christ and in the community in which you live. Ministry is not just about church stuff. No. In fact, uh, less programs, more out there. I'm into that. Be the love of Christ to people. They're not coming in here. We got to go to them. Somebody's drowning out in an ocean. Uh, they don't uh, uh, have to go to the lifeguard to get saved. The lifeguard goes to them. Because the lifeguard's recognizing, seeking and saving those that are lost. Pretty cool. So here's the danger. I might as well put it out there. There's a huge danger in this series, a risk of being misunderstood, which happens to me all the time. Just think. When we hear what I'm, what I'm going to be covering, especially when it comes to positive thinking, and, you know, the God wanting to bless us. Here's some natural things that are going to happen. Each of us have cubby holes in our minds of what a certain phrase means. Okay, that, that is our understanding. So as soon as you hear a word, boom, it means this. Okay, uh, don't do that. Hear the whole thing out. Hear the attitude where it's coming from. Don't run to those wrong cubby holes. Because there's more going on. And there are more cubby holes than you know of. One of, those empty, one of those cubby holes is empty positive thinking that many unbelieving motivational speakers speak about. If you file your stuff there thinking, oh, this is all about positive thinking, that is not the cubby hole that I'm talking about. Is there a value to positive thinking? Much more than the church will ever want to admit. Honestly, your words do matter, but they're not a magic charm. They don't get God to do stuff. And they don't make things happen. And yet, they do make some things happen. I haven't figured that out yet, but there is something. Especially when we speak to our bodies. There's more going on than you and I know, so I'm not going to teach on what I don't understand. I'm teaching what I do. I have many years to go to learn much more. Another extreme cubbyhole is the idea of the prosperity movement that reduces the giving God to a, a little small Santa Claus. You only go to him for the stuff you need. That's not what this is about. Does he want to prosper us? Absolutely. And unfortunately, the cubbyhole is, ooh, money and possessions. Like, that's right away where we go to. And those are fine and good. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, those who have less tend to judge those who have more. And those who have more tend to judge those who have less. It's weird how that works. But the truth is, he does want to bless us. But that's not the motivation. The motivation is not the stuff. The motivation is him. Big difference. 
If you can get this at the beginning, you're not going to misunderstand me. Many Christians often try to find the right plan for their lives. They're searching for the right key, the right methodology for living, a way to gain God's blessings. Well, if I do this, then God will bless me more. And if I don't do that, he'll bless me as well. And we've got God all figured out and we can manipulate God. And if we have the right prayers, then we're, oh, he has to listen. Does, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> Here's the news flash. There's no plan for success in your life. Because the success you will experience in life is not wrapped up in a plan, but rather a person, and his name is Jesus Christ. Get that through your ears and into your mind. The plan is a person. His name is Jesus. If you miss this, you'll miss everything I'm going to be sharing with you. The key for, filling, for, for, for fulfilling God's best in your life is all wrapped up in Jesus. And whatever else you might talk about, please remember this. All of this is an expression of the life of the indwelling Christ. All this is an expression of the divine enablement that rests within you. It is a person, not a plan. And because of the grace of God that is in you, all of our hopes in life are centered on him. He alone is your source of hope. He alone is the source of any dreams and ideas that come. He alone is the one who can confirm the dreams are from him and the visions and ideas and goals. Okay? Again, don't let the plan, the vision be the goal. You can, you can do that so fast. Oh, it's so easy to do. He is your goal. Period. Can you handle him managing your life? Or are you such a control freak that you hear a good truth, now I gotta use it. Or, oh, I'm gonna use this to get this. Oh, oh, here's a way to get ahead in life. Or here's how I can get my raise or how I can get more income and, and you use it as a manipulative tool. That's not what this is about. And yet, God blesses. In fact, he does it in spite of our attitudes. I don't get it. He just does. He's good at what he does. He's good at managing life for us. Jesus once asked, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul in the process? There are right and wrong doors. There are many wrong doors in life through which people pass in their attempt to find fulfillment. It's important to be sure your desire is to go through the right door. Jesus said, I am the door. He isn't a door. He is the door. Period. End of story. He is the door. Jesus is the door, and the nine keys we're going to talk about are only for the purpose of allowing us to enter into a deeper walk with him. Are you starting to hear the purpose of this? I'm trying to hammer it hard in the front end. Because if, if I don't, it won't be understood later. What are the wrong doors? 1 John 2.26 calls them the lusts of the flesh, and the lusts of the eyes, 
and the boastful pride of life. And if we translate them into uh, everyday English, pleasure, possessions, prestige. Anything wrong with those? No. But if that's your goal, guess where your eyes are not? On him. He knows how much of each you can handle. And he provides. To the world, success is distilled into three areas of life. It all revolves around what they do, have, and what they can be in the eyes of others. Go to high school for a minute and you'll see everything's about everybody else's opinion. All of it is. The way they dress, talk, impress each other, not impress each other. Oh, wait a minute, that's in a workplace too. Things don't change, even if you change places. Next week, 